Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Well, yesterday I had a little unexpected treat. I heard that Daniel Metos Velez had photographed some more UFOs here in Puerto Rico. Now, of course, as you ought to recall, Daniel Metos Velez is, in my opinion, the most prolific photographer of UFOs in Puerto Rico. They call them OVNIs here, O-V-N-I, instead of UFO. And, um, you know, I honestly, I don't think that anybody was that much uh, really, well, let me put it this way. I don't think many people were aware uh, of Daniel before I met him and I started sharing his work with the world. And so um, I find that really exciting because uh, I, I, I get to see this process of somebody who's just a real person, you know, who's out there doing this on, on his or her own, um, so, sort of gradually becoming known in the field. And uh, that's a little different than meeting somebody who's already known. And he's very grateful for that. And so uh, I'm always excited when I hear from him because I know I'm, I'm going to be the first person to see these images outside of his family probably. And um, so when I share this stuff on the internet, uh, it's the first time it's ever been put on the internet. So uh, Investigator Ellis and I uh, met Daniel Metas Velez yesterday for a bit at uh, one of the the favorite local bars here called Pirata, named after the pirate Roberto Cofresi, who was from Puerto Rico and was the most successful pirate in the world during his lifetime. He was in his 30s, I believe, when they finally caught him and executed him with all of his men. Very dramatic story. As a matter of fact, uh, Roberto Cofresi's earrings are on display at the Smithsonian. He was uh, quite flamboyant. He liked to dress up with all the jewelry on, just like you see in the movies. So we go to Pirata, and uh, Daniel came over there. In fact, Daniel was working yesterday as a lifeguard, and so uh, he took a a break in order to come over and and see us. And, uh, of course, we were joking with him that somebody's drowning right now. But anyhow, uh, he came over and uh, always very excited to share. And you see, one thing that's so great about Daniel is that he lives right next to the Laguna Cartagena. Now, the Laguna Cartagena is the UFO hotspot here in Puerto Rico. Uh, A lot of people just call it the UFO Lagoon. And uh, it's so fitting that he would be there and because he's a guy who's able to meditate, uh, being a descendant of the Taino, and, uh, and get these kinds of images anyway. But you put him next to the Laguna Cartagena and, you know, magic happens. And so Daniel, um, he was out uh, jogging near this Laguna. And by the way, this Lagoon is uh, it's now federal property, not surprising. Now, I want to point out something about this real quick because I know a man here who was born here, who ha- he's almost 90 years old, very, very sharp mind. I swear I believe there really is a fountain of youth here because you meet people who are in their 80s and 90s and you'd swear they're in their 60s. I met a guy here one time who told me he was 84, and I didn't believe him, and I made him show me his driver's license. And when I saw that he was telling the truth, I actually had my photograph taken with him. 
because I couldn't, I mean, I just, I still can't believe it. And that's common here. So anyway, um, I talked to this man who's almost 90 years old, lived here, I mean, right here on this western side in Lajas, uh, is the area, his whole life. And uh, this guy said that even when he was a little kid, that people were seeing UFOs around this lagoon. And back then, it was just, you know, private property, basically. Um, And then it wasn't until the 1980s when the government decided, of all places, to purchase this land. And they sealed it off, and they started bringing in all this construction equipment, and everybody was shocked to find that uh, it drained. All the water drained out of the lagoon, and nobody could figure out where it had gone. And then, finally, it filled back up again. And uh, now it's considered a, uh, a wildlife preserve, very strictly controlled, you know. And, uh, of course, people believe that there is an underground base there, and that's why the water drained. That's the, the local conspiracy. And I will tell you one thing. I was out there at the Laguna one day with some ladies who'd come down from Chicago to investigate UFOs with me. I used to offer that once in a while. If somebody wanted to come down and do an expedition, I would I would host it for them. Uh, those days are over, so sorry if you missed out. But these two ladies came down from Chicago, and they wanted to go to the Laguna, of course. And so there was a little, uh, kind of like a wooden walkway, like a platform that would go out a little ways over the, the marshy water. And so um, when the weather was dry, the water wouldn't come all the way up to the walkway. So it was just kind of kind of muddy down there in, instead of wet directly beneath the platform. So I was posing with, uh, for, uh, for a photograph with one of these ladies. And I had my, natu- my Tri-Field Natural EM meter, which I paid hundreds of dollars for, sitting on the railing. And uh, as we were... Uh, Posing for the picture, one of us bumped into the meter and knocked it over the railing down into the mud. Now, you're not supposed to go down off of that uh, wooden platform, but I was sure as hell wasn't going to let my meter sit there in the mud. So I went down and I walked out toward the meter, and I'm telling you, I took just a few steps. I picked up my meter, and then I was like, you know, maybe I'll go a little bit, uh, a little bit for farther out there. So I took a few more steps. All of a sudden, a white car appeared unmarked white car uh, on some little road that I didn't even know existed until I saw the car appear. Uh, right there is like a little road that goes out a ways into the Laguna. Two people in this car with binoculars looking at me. Then a black helicopter flew overhead. And then, and I shit you not, a silvery object appeared on the horizon. And... Uh, it just flew right over right over top of us, okay? I was there with Lauren, with uh, my friend Ita, with these two ladies. We all saw this. I think we got footage of this. I think somebody got at least stills of this. I mean, I, I was like, okay, I think we better get out of here. So we turned around, and we went back, and there was a bit of a walk to get to the cars. And I fully expected us to get back to our cars and find that there were some kind of officials, some authorities, you know, waiting there for us at the car. But when we got back, nobody was there, and we got the heck out of there. So, that you know, I could give you more and more stories about this. I mean, I was out there one day at the Laguna 
with uh, my friends Ron and Missy Hill and Shailene and um, C. Eric Scott, and some kind of a silvery object appeared on the surface of the water, sort of darting around, and we got good footage of that. I mean, I, again, I could go on and on. So that just gives you a little context. So here's Daniel three days ago. He is out for a jog. Now, Daniel doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He, he lives very cleanly. And so when he needs to get away and let off some steam because he's got little kids and stuff, he'll go out and he'll take a jog and commune with nature. And then he said that while he's doing that, sometimes he'll have basically like a voice in his head that will tell him to stop and pause and meditate and take a picture. And he gets these images just about every time. Sometimes it's video, sometimes it's stills. And he had this voice that said, stay with me. And I said, what does that mean? And he said, apparently whatever was communicating with him was saying, you know, Something's about to happen. And so he stopped. He raised his camera. He took a picture over the Laguna, and he showed me the picture. And this photograph shows an object over top of the Laguna that looks very unnatural. Um, If you zoom in on this little object, it has a clear, well-defined shape. It looks like a box in the air with some kind of an antenna coming off the top. It's very weird. Um, Somebody said it looked like a flying washing machine. But it doesn't look like anything that you should find in the air. Certainly not some kind of a bug or anything like that. Um, And so... He gave me a number of images, but this one is is particularly bizarro. And so I have posted this on my website. If you want to see it, um, and, and you should know that as I get images like this, I am constantly updating certain parts of my website. So even if you've been there before, go there again. You'll see this new picture. Go to joshuapwarren.com. There is no period after the P. Go to joshuapwarren.com and then scroll all the way down. And I hope that you'll look at everything on the way down. Um, But if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the homepage, you'll see a little link there that says something to the effect of like new UFO pics. It's just a small link, but it says something like new UFO pics from Puerto Rico. And if you click that, it'll take you to the page where I am updating... uh, with these images from Daniel Metos Velez and others that may come in. But uh, so far it's pretty much all his stuff with the exception of one picture that some, um, some workers uh, took on the beach of a UFO. Um, Joshua P. scroll all the way down, click that link and you can take a look at this bizarre object that he captured three days ago over the Laguna Cartagena And then I hope that you will um, feel free to send me your thoughts. You'll also find my email address there on my website. So that's really cool, isn't it? To have, you know, constant new imagery coming in like that. And and again, uh, when I get these pictures from him, he, he, he takes most of the stuff on his cell phone. 
he'll whip his cell phone out and say, here it is on my phone. I want to transfer it to you. And so we'll both turn on our Bluetooth functions and he transfers his original files from his phone to my phone. So this is not like something that's being um, uh, uploaded or downloaded or whatever it, to get it from here to there. I'm taking this directly from his phone. So I have the original raw images with all the raw data in them, all the metadata. So uh, that's valuable as well. Um, okay, so here it is. Here it is on the verge of Easter and on the verge of April. It's interesting to me that uh, Easter this year uh, falls on April Fool's Day because April is a very unusual month. And um, every single year, I have to bring this up. And I think it's good to remind you about this, that April is a special month. And I used to call it a bad luck month. But now I find that that's not necessarily fair because bad is a matter of opinion and it's a rather subjective term. And I say this because things of a dramatic nature all throughout history have happened in April, uh, especially April. I'm going to give you examples of this. But the reason I say you can't necessarily call it bad is because sometimes um, bad or good depends on y your point of view, like, like the Civil War. Okay, the Civil War began in April. Um, wait a second, is, was it the Civil War or the Revolutionary War? Uh, yeah, yeah, the Civil War began in April, and it also ended in April. So that's an example for you. Like, you can say, oh, well, the Civil War beginning was bad, but then you can say the Civil War ending was good. But some people would say the Civil War ending was bad because their side lost, you know. So, again, this good and bad stuff is an oversimplification it's it's more accurate to say very dramatic things that can often be uh, unpleasant do happen in April. But before we get into that, I want to give you a little bit of a background on this. And that's because uh, when I was in high school, I dated a girl named April. And her birthday was April the 19th. And I noticed that bad things seem to always happen around her birthday, like major world news, like, you know, shootings and massacres and explosions and like some kind of dramatic thing would always go down on her birthday. And, and then uh, from there, I started st like expanding my view on this and I realized, wow, it's not just her birthday, it's the whole month of April, but especially around the latter part of April. And so... Um, it's, it's ironic, isn't it, that we do start the whole month out with a day devoted to foolishness, April Fool's Day. So before I dig deeper into this, let me just tell you a little bit about the month of April. Uh, the Romans named this month, in Latin it is Aprilis. They say that the derivation of that name is uncertain. But the traditional etymology is from the verb 
apparere, which means to open. So most people would think, well, this comes from the idea of spring, that flowers are opening and, and that, that kind of thing. But um, it's certainly, on a more symbolic level, uh, an opening, because it's like an opening into a new, uh, well, it's a transformation in the year. You know, you're going from one state of energy to another. Now, what's also intriguing is that not only is the origin of the name uncertain, but also nobody seems to know exactly where April Fool's Day comes from. Uh, sometimes called All Fool's Day. Uh, of course, this is not anybody's national holiday, but it is widely recognized and celebrated in various countries as a day when people play practical jokes and hoaxes on each other. Now, this is bizarre. Listen to this. In Italy, France, and Belgium, children and adults traditionally tack paper fishes on each other's backs as a trick. And then they shout, April fish, in their local language. Did you get that? They cut out a paper fish. They'll come up, they'll stick it on your back and scream April fish at you. Nobody seems to have an explanation for this. Uh, they say here the earliest recorded association between April 1st and foolishness is an ambiguous reference in Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. Now, this was published in 1392, and uh, many writers suggest the 1st of January by Pope Gregory as New Year's Day in the 16th century was responsible for the creation of the holiday. Okay, that's a little confusing. But anyway, point is, nobody seems to know why we do all this weird stuff on April the 1st, okay? But if you want to look at April in the United States, I mean, not only do we start it with April Fool's Day, but... Um, it's also bad luck for many people like myself who suffer from allergies. I think, uh, you know, wherever you go, it's hard to get away from allergies. Uh, here, Even here in Puerto Rico, you have all, all kinds of allergy issues, not least of which being this sand from the Sahara Desert that blows here all the way from Africa. And uh, sometimes, I mean, there are whole beaches that are just red because they have this sand. This sa sand is an irritant. Um that's one, one thing, uh, hopefully, when I get to Vegas here soon for my big event out there, um, it's supposed to be a pretty good environment for, for allergies. We'll see. Um, so anyway, you got allergies. And also, here in the U.S., we have tax time. So again, this could be good or bad, depending on your situation. But uh, I think, generally speaking, nobody likes income taxes. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, there should be no income taxes, and we should compensate by increasing sales tax. I'd be all for like a federal sales tax uh, that could be quite steep uh, as opposed to income taxes. And I say that because that uh, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're self-employed, then income taxes forces you to also be a bookkeeper. And that is a lot of work. And then you need to get an accountant involved to make sure everything's filled out properly. And, 
and uh, and and plus you have no choice over the matter. Uh, you have to pay X amount of this or that, regardless of how you made the money. And at least if you had a sales tax, um, you get to pick and choose how much you spend. You have more control over it because you're determining what to buy. So anyway, look, tax time is something we all generally can say, you know, taxes are not our favorite thing. But um, let's get to some specific incidents throughout history. Now, mind you, mind you, you can pick any month out of history, and if you're looking for patterns, you'll be able to find bad things or weird things or outstanding things that have happened. But I contend here that April is special that April is especially prevalent because of the amount of things that happen in April that we all collectively agree are very dramatic events that in many cases are known throughout the entire world. So uh, I'll just start reading through this list and uh, we'll see what you think. Um, The American Revolution started in April with Paul Revere's ride. April 18th and 19th of 1775. As I mentioned, the American Civil War started April 1861 and ended April 1865. In fact, the Battle of Asheville happened in April. That was an interesting incident in which uh, locals got together and just got their pitchforks and their hunting rifles and they went out and saved Asheville. Um, let's see here. The, uh, Rwandan genocide began in April of 94. The Armenian genocide began April of 1915. Uh, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated April 14th of 1865. In, uh, 1906, the San Francisco earthquake was in April 8, uh, April 18th. The Titanic sank April 14th into the 15th of 1912. The Red Baron killed his 80th victim before being gunned down himself April 1918. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated April 4th of 1968. Apollo 13, the notorious unsuccessful mission to the moon, launched April 11th, 1970. The Chernobyl nuclear accident happened April 26th of 1986. The 1992 L.A. riots after the Rodney King verdict. That was April 29th of 1992. The bloody end to the Branch Davidian siege in Waco, Texas. That was April 19th of 1993. The Oklahoma City bombing, April 19th, 1995. The Columbine High School massacre in Littleton, Colorado, April 20th, 1999. Um... April of 2006, uh, Tennessee was torn apart by tornadoes. 29 people died. 2007, the Virginia Tech massacre in Blacksburg, Virginia. That was uh, April 16th. Uh, April 20th of 2010, the Deepwater Horizon drilling rig exploded, killing 11 people and creating one of the largest environmental disasters in history. April 15th of 2013, we had the Boston Marathon bombing. Um, let's see here, uh, April 19th of 2014, a, uh, 
meteorite exploded over Russia. Remember that? It blew all the windows out. April 2015, uh, the Baltimore riots after the death of Freddie Gray. I was actually in Baltimore the day those riots started, but I uh, got out of town just before. <laughs> That's another example. I forgot about that of, of me being like a harbinger. Sometimes I'll pop up somewhere and I will leave just before something bad happens. But let's get into births. Hitler was born April 20th of 1889, and he also died, so they say, on April 30th of 1945. Saddam Hussein was born April 28th of 1937, and his reign in Iraq ended with the war April 9th, 2003. Anton LaVey, founder of the Church of Satan, was born April 11th of 1930. Most scholars even believe that Jesus was also born in April, not, in fact, on December the 25th, and they they have a number of reasons for that, which I won't get into. Uh, But regardless, we have this story about the crucifixion of Jesus right around Easter, which, of course, is uh, in the neck of uh, April. Uh, They say Buddha was born on April the 8th. Um, On a more local level, uh, the old jail uh, in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, that was being terrorized by some kind of a ghoul, was being terrorized April 18th and uh, April 20th of 1908. That's according to newspaper reports. Uh, Oh, yeah, Uh, April of 1513, going way back. uh, Juan Ponce de Leon set foot on and names Florida, being the first European to do so. Um... I premiered a movie one time in April called Embred Rednecks. The premiere was a disaster because the projector broke down. Uh, that's a bad memory. And I could keep going with examples, but get a load of this. I find this interesting. You know how every month has its own stone? Well, the stone of April is the diamond. And of course... I would say that the most cursed stone in all of history is the Hope Diamond. So there are many, many reasons to believe that there is something about April which um, I hesitate to call bad for reasons I've given, but something remarkable about the transformation. And uh, you, I don't want to scare you. Um, but you might want to be very careful about considering the things you plan to do in the month of April. I always do my best to avoid planning things in April if I can. I will, however, tell you that I love the month of May, and uh, that's why I specifically chose May 16th, 17th, and 18th. Those were my dates for my big event in Las Vegas. And uh, I've had some great experiences in May. It was in May of 2012 when Dave Schrader and I took a wonderful group to Romania and we got to do our Transylvania expedition and then I went to London after that and investigated the Tower of London and took the Jack the Ripper tour and all that stuff. But the the issue is, however, when you plan to do something in May, well, you're usually doing something in April to get ready for that thing in May. So it always kind of sucks when you have to, you know, travel like I'm about to do. Um, 
but but for the most part i i avoid that being like the official launch of any kind of a major event so just keep that in mind uh and you know i I haven't even sat down over the past couple years to see what happened you know in 2017 2016 there's probably new stuff that happened in april of both of those years so maybe you can think about you know your own life and how this applies and look back at things that maybe happened to you that were weird or unwelcome or unexpected and see if april sort of plays into that so not surprisingly tomorrow april 1st i am not going to do a podcast uh for one thing I'm going to you know, take a break for a holiday, just like everybody else. Uh, but beyond that, because it is April Fool's Day, sometimes I feel like it's a waste of time for me to broadcast the kind of content that I broadcast on April Fool's Day. Because people have a hard enough time already believing some of the things that I talk about because I'm always talking about what's on the fringe, you know, the weird stuff. And so the last thing I need is an extra layer of doubt on top of that, because it happens to be the fashionable thing. And uh, I've had so many uh, opportunities throughout my life to play practical jokes and to pull hoaxes that would be really funny, and I've never done it, uh, not Once I became uh, an adult, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I'd play jokes. And even when I was in high school, I played pranks. And some of them were pretty elaborate and pretty cruel, probably. But um, nonetheless, as an adult, I don't do that because I don't want there to ever be a doubt about my work. When I come out and I tell you, you know, if I come out and I tell you I've captured a Bigfoot or, you know, I have a flying saucer in my backyard... I don't want there to be any uh, hint of doubt in your mind that I'm telling the truth. You know, my, uh, my life, in, in many ways, and certainly my livelihood, depend upon my word and uh, you being able to believe me when I tell you something. So I don't, uh, I don't take risks and chances with that. So I just avoid putting anything out there on April the 1st because I don't want to be associated with any tomfoolery. But even though... I will not have a program for you tomorrow. Uh, I will remind you that tonight, Saturday, March the 31st, the night of the blue moon, uh, the very last Speaking of Strange is going to air. And so if uh, if you want to tune in for that, I know that Sam has is Sam the Animal Steel is planning to play some funny retrospective clips and that sort of thing. Uh, that starts at 9 p.m. East Coast time tonight. Again, Saturday, March the 31st, 9 p.m. East Coast time. And then uh, it's a three-hour show. So it will go till midnight. And uh, he's going to have some special surprise guests in the studio And if you want to listen to the live stream, uh, the easiest thing is just to go to speakingofstrange.com, and you'll find the link there to everything. But the live stream will also be on www.nc.com. And so uh, after about 15 years, uh, I'm I'm sure there will be some some tears in the studio, and you'll get to hear from me about... uh, why that I, I had to bring the show to an end, and I mentioned this uh, a few days ago as well, but uh, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a celebration. So hopefully if you're a Speaking of Strange fan, you can tune in for that. So 
That's it for this podcast. Um, I hope that you have a wonderful Easter holiday, and uh, hopefully none of you will will, uh, get too mixed up with mischief and pranks and all that. Think about the real meaning of the holiday, and uh, that's always an important thing to do. And uh, hopefully your Easter will truly be a celebration of of your life. And uh, if you compare the world to what it was like thousands of years ago to what it's like today, we have a lot to be thankful for because of these types of uh, holidays and events like Easter. So uh, this podcast is called Joshua P. Warren Daily. I want to remind you now, if you go to my website, Joshua P. Warren Daily, Dot com and scroll all the way down to the bottom, you'll find the link with the updated pictures from Daniel Metas Velez of the UFO activity here in Puerto Rico. Um, and you'll also find information on my big event coming up in Las Vegas, Nevada, May 16th, 17th, and 18th at the world-famous MGM Excalibur Resort and Casino on the Vegas Strip. Boy, It's going to be here before you know it, and it's going to be a hell of a fun time. Joshua P. Warren Daily is always free. It's always short. If you click the link at the top of my website, you can subscribe via various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when a new one is available. So, again, happy Easter to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.